This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about settlement solutions, litigation, mediation, and structured financial security from Ringler, the largest and most experienced company of settlement consultants in the United States. Ringler has been helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by American General, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, and I'm certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, unlike physical injury cases, which receive tax-free status in a structured settlement, cases such as age and race discrimination, sexual harassment, wrongful termination, and divorce do not. Yet claimants can still structure these non-qualified cases and do so with an advantageous tax outcome. Today, we'll discuss the arena of non-qualified settlements and how the recent Tax Reform Act is having an impact. And serving as my co-host today is my friend and Ringler colleague, Cindy Shanley. Cindy heads up Ringler's Kentucky and Southern Indiana offices. And uh, I love having you on the show. Welcome back, Cindy. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate it. Terrific. Well, there's a good reason we keep bringing back attorney Robert Wood to Ringler Radio. As the managing partner at Wood LLP in San Francisco, when it comes to understanding the tax implications of settlements and judgments, Rob has simply become the preeminent source. So, Rob, I'm welcoming you back to Ringler Radio. We always look forward to your perspective. Welcome aboard. Thanks. Nice to be here. Terrific. Terrific. Well, Rob, not surprisingly, you've already written quite extensively on the uh, 2017 Tax Reform Act, but our audience is obviously more interested in focusing a little more on whether or not these most recent tax reform measures will have an impact on the tax treatment of structured settlements. Uh, Can you give us a little bit of insight generally on structured settlements, how the Tax Reform Act of 2017 fits in? Sure. Well, and I I can tell you that I certainly don't have all the answers. Um, the tax reform bill, we're, we're what, half a year uh, or so into it. That is, uh, you know, we're about halfway through uh, 2018. Um, I think, I, I fear that a whole lot of taxpayers um, are going to be, when they sit down to do their tax return next year, meaning for 2018, are going to be shocked by some things. And I think, and uh, you know, by some deductions that went away, uh, and and some other things, and I think some plaintiffs' lawyers are still reeling, and I think some structured settlement people are also still uh, still trying to adjust to this uh, to this new environment. But my own belief is more structures. That is, I think the adverse tax changes that we'll discuss. Uh, are making more people want to and probably should want to do structured settlements. Well, that's not a, certainly not a bad thing for our business. Uh, it, it maybe have a little different effect on the, the nation at large, but uh, I'm looking forward to exploring some of that today. Um, so, so let's look at, um, can you talk a little bit about um, the, how allegations of sexual harassment and abuse are at the center of the news cycle? You know, as we all know, and we're kind of riveted to TV sometimes uh, about the, the claims against Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, Kevin Spacey, and Bill O'Reilly have made the headlines. And uh, thus, the Me Too movement that we've all gotten used to talking about. There are countless lawsuits that have been filed 
in relation to those cases and others. In your articles, have you written about this and how might these types of cases be affected? Sure, uh, Cindy. Well, I mean, the, the uh, sexual harassment arena um, has been, I guess, most directly uh, um, and obviously impacted by the by the new law. Um, I think the provision was a surprise to some people, and essentially, it says that if you are settling a case for uh, sexual harassment or sex abuse. That and and the case is confidential, meaning there's a confidentiality provision in the settlement agreement. Incidentally, I think there always, in my experience, in any kind of a legal settlement agreement, is a confidentiality provision. So that's not much of a qualifier. But if you have a sex abuse or sex harassment case with confidentiality, then the defendant, focus on the defendant first, the defendant cannot deduct the payment so if it's a you know typically if it's a big company paying and an executive uh, is the one who is the um, accused uh, harasser, um, the company you know neither the individual if he pays it nor the company if it pays it can deduct the payment and they can't deduct the legal fees. So that was the simple rule. It was supposed to be clear. Obviously, if you're a defendant, there are they. I, I think um, come next year when people are doing tax returns, there's going to be some attempts to get around that law. But let's focus on the plaintiff and the structured settlement industry. So, what about the plaintiff? Well, a plaintiff case for uh, sexual harassment um, is pretty much like it used to be, which is um, most of these cases, not all, but most are employment cases. Fundamentally, there's an employee, um, employment relationship. Um, as, you know, sometimes there isn't, uh, but if there is an employment relationship, as there typically is, then you have the you know the usual allocation questions that we're all used to. You know, is, is some of it wages? Is some of it uh, emotional distress that's not connected to physical injury? Sort of 1099 type income, uh, and and I think you know never forget is some of it appropriately excludable under Section 104. Uh, in my experience, you know, a lot of times there is, a, you know, a good argument for that. It depends on the facts and the documents. Mm-hmm. So, but the key issue under this Weinstein provision is, you know, we don't much care. If you're a plaintiff, you don't much care if the defendant can't deduct the payment and can't deduct their legal fees. The way was, the law was written, however, many lawyers, um, employment lawyers and tax lawyers, are, uh, I believe, um, that uh, it also does not allow the plaintiff to deduct legal fees. Um, there, there's a technical corrections a bill already to try to fix this. Um, my own belief is that the plaintiff, in the end, will be able to deduct legal fees. But for right now, there are plaintiffs settling sexual harassment cases who are uh, looking at, you know, let's say that there's a 40% contention fee, and let's just assume there isn't any argument for an exclusion. So they're getting 100% um, settling the case, 40% goes to the lawyer, the plaintiff um, uh, gets 60%, but the plaintiff may end up paying tax on 100%. I don't think that's likely, but that's technically what the law seems to say right now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's no secret, Rob, that there have been quite a few countermeasures being discussed in Congress uh, about this Tax Reform Act and how to f- tweak it, as you as you might call it, uh, especially by some Democrats. And uh, tell us about this current initiative that to repeal the Trump tax hike on victims of sexual harassment. Uh, 
are there chances of something like that coming to fruition or getting passed? I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I guess from my perspective, just because um, you know, I'm facing this kind of question from you know frustrated um, clients, you know, typically women um, that are settling these cases, and they're being told, you know, and it's and no, nobody likes to deliver bad news. They're being told, well, look, you know, you you know, if your case settles for a million dollars. And you're going to get six hundred thousand um, again, assuming a forty percent contingency. Yeah, probably you're going to pay tax. I, I think you're probably going to pay tax on the six hundred, but I can't. I can't give you certainty that you want us to pay tax on the forty percent the lawyer gets. I mean, it, does, it is kind of a ridiculous um, result right now. So, so yeah, I think it. it I mean, that technical corrections bill. Um, the, the, it should pass. However, um, just looking at the tea leaves, um, I think it's probably more likely that that change gets rolled into a bigger technical corrections bill, and that may take some time. So it, there may be uncertainty. And in the meantime, you know, people have a, a couple of choices, um, but you know, they're they're not. None of the choices is a is a great one right now. So. Can you talk about a little bit about the choices? I mean, are there any opportunities um, from your perspective on how to help um, claimants right now? Uh, sure. I mean, I think I mean, one, and, and this uh, I have seen this done. I mean, it, I guess not very often, but one is all of this uh, the, this whole Weinstein provision doesn't apply except for confidentiality. So if you are willing. To, and, and this is, I guess, mostly for defendants. If defendants are willing to uh, pay an amount and not have um, a confidentiality provision, um, then the law doesn't apply. So defendants can deduct, plaintiffs can can deduct, and then the, you know the old old rules that uh, all of your listeners know about uh, with tax allocations and the you know the Section 104 exclusion, all of that stuff remains unchanged. I have seen some that are, you know, and it, it, the fact that there's not a, a confidentiality provision doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's going to talk about it. I mean, some plaintiffs are, you know, going to be told, you know, do you really want to have your name splashed all over? Uh, I mean, it's at least worth discussing. Um, another another possibility is uh, indemnity, and I've I've seen a few defendants agree to this. I've seen many more defendants say no. So the provision would say something like. Um, that if, as part of the settlement agreement, that if the plaintiff is unable to deduct his or her attorney's fees because of this law, that the defendant will make an additional payment to cover the taxes that he or she, the plaintiff, has to pay. And if you're a defendant and you've got to settle the case, um, you know, you might be willing to do that. And frankly, I think some defendants are thinking, as I do, that this provision is probably going to be fixed at some point, and they probably wouldn't have to pay in any event. But, but that, I mean, that I have seen that provision being discussed. Yeah, you know, it's interesting the the whole issue of confidentiality and non-disclosure of what took place. A lot of that was uh, considered uh, a problem because a, a lot of the so-called defendants were trying to uh, obscure the fact that they actually had uh, caused the harassment in the first place, and they try to bury it. So it's uh, it was kind of a two-edged sword uh, along the way. Hopefully, there'll be some correction in and how that's all treated from a tax standpoint. And of course, we can look forward to that because tax law, as you know, is never stagnant. It's always, it's always alive and moving along. 
There are a lot of things to discuss, and this is we kind of scratched the surface here today, Rob, but I think it's a good introduction to it, and uh, don't be surprised if we're back to you later. And, uh, and, and anytime. Come back with some other issues uh, that <laughs> I think will help our entire audience uh, feel a little bit better about. So with that, uh, Rob, if someone wanted, wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, my phone number is uh, 415-834-0113. Uh, my uh, email address is wood at woodllp.com, so wood at woodlarrylarrypaul.com. Uh, either of those uh, should work. Terrific, terrific. And Cindy, how about yourself, if someone wanted to reach you? Yes, you can call me at 502-569-9339, or you can email me at cchanley, C-C-H-A-N-L-E-Y at com. Terrific. And all of you out there can reach any Ringler Associate on ringlerassociates.com. It's a great website. It's got a lot of great information. I encourage you to go there. Of course, you can also, uh, when you're on that site, you can see all the Ringler Radio shows, and we've done uh, hundreds of them by now. Uh, you can also go to ringlerradio.com to hear the shows or Legal Talk Network, or you can go to iTunes and download on your uh, your uh, iPhone as you go around the uh, the park and listen uh, at your leisure with your little earbuds in. So that'll be fun. And uh, again, uh, I want to thank you, Rob, for being a tremendous resource to us. And uh, we'll reach out to you again, I'm sure, in the, in the near future. Sounds good. My pleasure. And Cindy, thanks for being a great co-host. Thanks so much. Great. And for the rest of you out there, go have a great day. Bye-bye. There's a Ringler consultant in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experienced experts in the settlement business than Ringler. Check out our website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for injured parties, attorneys, and claims professionals to find the Ringler advisor nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best, most objective financial plan. You can count on Ringler Advisors to create a customized plan that meets the financial needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating more than a decade of podcasting and over 2 million listeners. Think of Ringler, the objective settlement advisors with more than 140 consultants in 60 cities nationwide. Visit RinglerAssociates.com today. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.